city to city, state to state, worldwide. You're listening to Be In The Zone Network. This is it. The following program does contain language that some might find objectionable. Parental discretion is advised. Hey, this is Palmer Alexander, a.k.a. the living legend, K-I-L. One out of kill, but kill still kills. And you're listening to The Price Check on the In The Zone Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Price Check Podcast here on the In The Zone Network, where we go city to city, state to state, worldwide. What a weekend to be a basketball fan here as we record. We've got just... All kinds of, of basketball action all over the map. You've got the WNBA kicking off season number 25 this weekend. You've got NBA Hall of Fame festivities going off this weekend. And then not to mention the the final two days of the regular season here today and tomorrow. But before we get into all of the, the basketball action on the court, we've got some shout-outs. Long laundry list of shout-outs today. And then... <laughs> For for uh, yes, Lord. yes, for the the good folks who have, uh, in, in some cases, asked me to also give my thoughts outside of basketball. We've got a real special one for you <laughs> here at the end. All right, we'll we'll save that for the end. Just know that uh, I've got some choice words for somebody who actually secured a bag. Today will be the very first time and probably the only time you will have me taking exception to somebody's bag security. <laughs> As opposed to celebrating it. Just listen to the other podcast. You'll see why he did it this way. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, first, but like I said, big shout outs. Want to start with the WNBA as a whole. In 25 years, just seeing the impact that they have had, not only on basketball for women, but sports for women as a whole. Just yeah. incredible job. Definitely big shout out, big round of applause to the league. Um, couple shout outs from some on court activity yesterday. Yeah. Diana Tarasi, Sabrina Inescu. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. I've probably said it three different times today. <laughs> but both big uh clutch game winning buckets yeah. last night to kick off the WNBA action this season. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um major, major, major shout out goes to our new uh, Atlanta Dream Team, the broadcast team there, uh, Lachina Robinson, Autumn Johnson, uh, Tabitha Turner, and who am I? Angel Gray. Angel Gray. Yes! 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 The first all-black, all-female broadcast team within the WNBA, and I'm going to just go out on a limb and say probably all sports. I will say ESPN did something today that was uh, phenomenal. Seeing uh, and hearing uh, different voices, black women's voices that covered the game. Shout out to Monica McNutt and Alicia Carter for handling the yes. uh, pregame, yeah. halftime, and postgame duties. And then Tiffany Green, along with Lachina Robinson. Yep. You know, uh, big ups to them, man. They did an awesome job with the Chicago Sky and Washington Mystics game. Also, was- shout out Candace Parker, making her homecoming with the Chicago Sky. Yeah. Uh, Sky getting them off to their first win of the season today. So big shout out to her. Um, one more, one more yep. before I get in. Uh, I got to shout out Christina Williams over at Girls Talk uh, Sports yes. TV and uh, Terrica Foster Brasby from the Undefeated. The reason why I'm using her name is because she literally put pressure on the WNBA, even fundraised 
for fans so they can get WNBA League Pass and they can watch it and they can't miss a single game. She's an American hero. Just, <laughs> Without a doubt, just give her give her a purple heart at this point. That's she's, right, you she's got an American to, hero man. now. She said, "I'm just doing my part." That's all. I'm Look, doing. just do, giving the people what they want, right? Yeah, exactly. That's and all. I think this season it's going to literally do so. Like this is, I know we say it's the 25th season, but this is a special, special season. Yes, and we talked about it before the show is. Let's get some of these old school teams back. Hey, so, you know, I've said on this podcast plenty of times, make the NBA great again and bring back the Seattle Supersonics, right? Right. We got a campaign for the WNBA today. Mm-hmm. That campaign is make the WNBA great again and bring back the Houston Cowboys. Absolutely. Absolutely. How How is it? How is it? Uh, look, hold on. We got we got a special special guest in studio. The legend himself has to speak. He, look, he can't pick, he can't pick up the headset fast enough. The legend himself. As I was doing my prep, you yeah. know, for for our segment, um, <laughs> let, let me say this: the the Houston Comets put the WNBA on their back. Yes. And on the map. Yes. I mean, to start off with four straight championships. Yes. And to have an instant rivalry with New York because the way the league was set up, they wanted L.A. and New York, which they were rivals. Mm -hmm. But but Houston was to fly in the ointment, and they had had the real big three, a legit big three with Cooper and – and um, Tina Thompson and and sure. Lady Jordan, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You know right. and 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 the uh, the late Kim Parrot, you know, mm-hmm. used to come off the bench. Yep. Uh, was 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 a lightning bug uh, for them, a lightning rod. Excuse me, uh, Janet Arcane, the Brazilian. Oh my god! I mean, they. I mean, they had they had it all. Van Chancellor was a, was, was a great coach. coach. Yep. Um, man. Yeah, they they need to be doing a thirty for thirty on the Houston Comets, and it's and something. It's, it's it's something because I mean for real they 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 was putting they was they was packing the compacts they put like nineteen thousand they was they was doing better than the Rockets when it comes to attendance. Well, and so for those of y'all out there who are listening that have not read Cynthia Cooper's uh, Players Tribune letter, please Google it, find it. Do whatever you got to do to go read it because she makes a very, very compelling point about dynasties and the way we look at them in sports. Um, Houston Comets, out of all the dynasties that we talk about, whether it's the Lakers, the Celtics, if you want to cross sports and talk about the Yankees and uh, you know football, the Cowboys, 49ers, those types of dynastic teams, nobody's won four straight. Not since 1970. Nobody's won four straight in their time of being a dynasty outside of that Houston Comets team. If you look at the last 50 years of sorts, no team has won four straight other than the Houston Comets. I mean, you got to look at it that way. And you see how how sports has changed over the last 50 years. Because you also, we remember the Yankees were great back in the 40s and the 50s. And the Celtics were the great 50s and the 60s. But since the 70s, no team. Anywhere 
has won four straight. Not that. Not even the Pittsburgh Steelers in the NFL in the 70s. That is a fact. Not even that the 49ers a, of the 80s. Not even the fact. 90s with the Cowboys. That is a fact. No team, sports team, professional sports team has ever won four straight like the Houston Commons. And and the Bulls never got the opportunity. Nope. Yeah. And actually, was really ironic, they were winning titles – Right alongside the Bulls. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of people, uh, you know, you said uh, Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Swoosh was Lady Jordan, but she wasn't the Jordan of the league. It was, it was Cheryl. It was uh, Cheryl. Cynthia Cooper. Yeah. Because Cooper was the one that was doing, uh, scoring 35 points at, 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 at uh, ample times I mean, during the game. putting the team on her back. Yeah. At 34, Absolutely. the Clutch. same age as Mike. Yeah. Clutch. That's what was crazy about that whole Clutch. league, especially during that first four seasons. It was wild. Clutch. You know, I mean, I ne- you know, you had to see it for yourself because, what, previously there was the ABL with the American Basketball yeah, League. Yeah, and, and, and the ABL had some – had. Some good players in that in that league. They had some really good players, but it but majority of the the better talent was in the WNBA. But I I did feel when the ABL closed, it actually made the WNBA uh, a whole lot better because they again they had some great players that was in the ABL like um, uh, Michelle Marciniak. Uh, was one player I remember uh, another player uh, Sandy uh, Brondello, a, uh, a phenomenal player. Um, Sylvia Crawley herself. Sylvia Crawley, uh, she's a Hall of Famer. She played in that league, so mm-hmm. um, I know I'm leaving some few names out. But the ABL had some had a good league, but the WNBA, you know, was was head and shoulders, you know, ahead of them. Yep, a lot of them came from when that when the league folded. They all just came over to uh, the WNBA. Jennifer Azzi and. Um, uh, what's my girl that played for the Nikki McCray? She played in the ABL and moved yes. over to the yes, Wizards. She did. Yes, you know, she did. Uh, excuse me, the uh, Mystics. But you know, those are that was something special. I remember the campaign. See, that's the thing that was missing for this go round with the WNBA was the campaign marketing. When they did, even it, it was crazy to me. Like Ruthie Bowden Holyfield. Yep, she played yep. in the ABL and went over to the Sacramento Monarchs. You know, Yolanda Griffin. That, that's uh, now folded. That probably should be back in exactly. in the WNBA. Oh, Tisha Pinachero. We, so we we just – look, it's funny that you mentioned Tisha because we literally just brought her up before we started the show. Yes. Um, because she posted on, on IG under one, of the, um, under one of the pictures for Girls Talk Sports. Um, and it took me back to basically she was – for the Sacramento Monarchs, what Jason Williams was oh, for the Sacramento Kings. She dropped dimes. Yeah. It was no she, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. She dropped dimes. Yes, dimes for days. Yes. And that's something that's really special about the I remember teams like the Cleveland Rockers, the Miami Soul, you know. Chastity uh, Melvin yes. uh, was, was one of the players that I, I remember watching. Uh, a friend of the network, uh, Ednisha Curry, uh, mm-hmm. watching her play in the WNBA. She came on, uh, on our show. Uh, a couple of times, um, you know, I remember in 2002, the WNBA did did like a national like tour and they stopped in St. Louis and it was like an East versus versus West. And it was, uh, you know, I got a chance to see Lisa Leslie play in person, um, uh, Ruthie Bolt, Holton, uh, a majority of the the 96 Olympic squad was were playing that game. But it was it was something to see them play uh, in person. 
And the one thing that it was my first time seeing a professional women's game, even even though it was the exhibition, the speed. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it, so one <laughs> thing I think, aside from that, that you notice in the WNBA games, they play physical. Oh, yes. It's a, So, you know, I know a lot of times as NBA fans, we can get caught up in all oh, the refs are, you know, calling the game a little too close. They, you know, it, it, being soft about the calls that they're they're making. WNBA, they let them kind of go at it a little bit. <laughs> the yeah, rim, yeah, yeah. They they bang it, and, and that's because the game is played below the rim. But a lot of these young ladies now are so athletic, and I know you've seen some, there are some dunkers on the horizon. Yep. And I mean, now Brittany Griner throws it down on a regular basis, and 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 you know everybody's used to it. And I'm not diminishing it; it's still a feat, you know, seeing a woman put it down. But but there are some young ladies on the horizon dunking with authority. Yeah, I remember uh, Michelle Snow when she's played yes. for the Houston Comets. Yes, she, she was another. Down. Yeah, she was another. She was another one. And Lisa, you know, Lisa Leslie, of course. Right. Candace Parker. Yep. So they they. They're coming out. Yeah. The evolution of the game, man. I, I think what I am, you know, having now basically seen the first 25 years in the league is something that I would be excited to see moving forward for the next 25. Yeah. How do you put the WNBA in the same type of playing field as the NBA? And, you- and really – and I'm not necessarily saying because we all know that there's going to still be – some disparity in terms of whether it's you know financials or just television cover whatever whether right or wrong reasons that disparity exists obviously you're trying to change that but it exists right now so let's say hypothetically moving forward that that remains that way you still have to put yourself in a position as a league to really highlight all of the good that is going on and I feel like one thing if I could nitpick with the WNBA for a second I feel like there's so many good storylines in the WNBA, but they just don't get enough coverage. And I think part of that, obviously, is some of the male-dominated industry that they have to operate in. But then the other part is really taking a chance and going out and marketing in a truly different way to just highlight all of what your players and your teams bring to not only the league, but to sports as a whole. And I think one of the the things is going to be with them. It's going to be the marketing plan. They've already started it. They started it last season, you know, with the wobble and not to mention the merchandising, yep. you know, the, the, the orange hoodie, which I still need to grab to this day. You know, like <laughs> I, I need that. Like seriously, yeah. because that is probably one of the better hoodies that you'll get out there uh, on, on the market today. And that along with marketing, uh, Pay raising, you know what I mean. Uh, start getting these girls six figure, six figure salaries, yep. but that goes back into the marketing. If you can bring that in, and I'm applauding them for allowing women to be the voice for the league because that is what it's supposed to be anyway. Yes, that's what it's supposed to be. Yes. It's supposed to be their league. All right. So that means now I'm, it's going to sound crazy, but you got to start putting more women coaches out there. Black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Black women announcers, more announcers out there. And and that's starting to evolve now. That's why I'm glad with the 25th season, seeing what's happening, you're seeing 
that's already growing. There's growth that's coming from it. More coverage. CBS is now involved. It's now on Twitter. Yeah. NBA TV is involved. Amazon. Amazon Prime. Amazon yeah. is in it. Is so in. you cannot miss a game. Yeah. You will see action somewhere this season. That's the cool thing about it. And, and real quick, because this is first time I'm seeing this. It's a few days old. But um, a positive Secure the bag shout out that I must give while we're discussing the WNBA. Miss Brianna Stewart of the Seattle Storm mm-hmm. signed a multi year deal with Puma, is going to get a signature shoe with them. So definitely shout out to her and locking that up. Uh, again, just the nature of the game. There's not a lot of women out here with signature shoes. So nope. how, how do we then, you know, take Brianna Stewart and let her be the start and not just, you know, the one? Like, exactly. How do we, you know, continue to, to build on that? So, major shout out to the WNBA and the kickoff of, you know, an historic 25th season for them. Shifting gears a little bit here on the price check. Um, NBA Hall of Fame this weekend. Mm-hmm. Three uh, pretty major names, to say the least. Yeah. Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, yep. Kobe Bryant. All being inducted this weekend, and we also got the surprise that uh, Ben Wallace is now being added to the Hall of Fame induction for this weekend as well. So, major shout-out to him. Uh, I feel like kids today will never understand Ben Wallace and what he meant (laughs) at the time that he played. Because, granted, you know, outside of his Detroit years, most people don't really think of him as, like, a superstar or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But – single-handedly being the defensive stopper in an era where he was really an undersized big, I think you got to kind of give him his flowers and give him his credit um, just for being able to to do what he was capable of doing, especially in those years where Detroit was, uh, you know, really in contention. Big ups to uh, Rudy Tomjanovich. Rudy T. We're getting in in the Hall of Fame as well. You know, so I – I thought Rudy T was already in. That's news to me. I I thought he was already a, a Hall of Fame coach. He coming in as a coach. Now, uh-huh. whether he coming in as a player, that's right. I think he did co- go in as a player. You know, he played twelve seasons with the Houston Rockets in uh and San Diego when they were out there. Yep. And uh also uh coach Eddie Sutton, which was a shock to me. Thought was, Eddie uh, was I thought Eddie Sutton was in. You, you know, know, I think so again, I got I don't want to rain on the parade, but just one small nitpick. If I'm the if I'm the the league, league being the NBA, you got to find a way to try to kind of alter the Basketball Hall of Fame. Thank you. Please. Thank you. Because Thank it, you. so there is there is one league, surprisingly, and I'm saying this, I feel like the NFL is the only league that has the Hall of Fame right. Oh, shout out to Tamika Catchings as well, too. Big shout out, Tamika. Yeah. But you say play. you say that the professional football Hall of Fame I, has it correct. I think the only Hall of Fame that has it absolutely one hundred percent correct is the NFL. Because Pro look, Fame. you have the professional football Hall of Fame and you have the collegiate football Hall of Fame. Now with basketball, you just have all of basketball. Right. You need to separate the two. Well, so you don't even need to separate the two, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You kind of need to split it off into fours almost. Like, hmm. you need a, I think you need an NBA Hall of Fame. Okay. I think you need a collegiate basketball Hall of Fame. Oh, I guess three. You need a collegiate basketball Hall of Fame and you need an international basketball Hall of Fame. Ah. I think. 
because there are a lot of guys who, like I think of Arvidas Sabonis, so not the Sabonis that plays in the league currently, but his father. Mm -hmm. Everybody talks about how great of a player Sabonis was before he came to the NBA. By the time he came to the NBA, he was, you know, older in a different stage of his career. You can still see how great of a passer and playmaker he was, but he wasn't the same player that had got, you know, raved up all of the years before coming over here. Right. Um, I I think of, like, a Ricky Rubio, right? Mm-hmm. Ricky Rubio was, quote-unquote, a prodigy, basically, in basketball up until he was, like, 18, 19, and we saw him in the Olympics against NBA talent. Now we think of him as a role player, but at the time, in Spain, from the time that he was a professional over there as a youngin', I mean, sounds like he was he was killing it. It's so, funny that you mentioned that because Luka, Luka Doncic, yeah. is – the same, almost the same as Ricky Rubio as being a prodigy, but he has excelled yeah. over what the last two names that you mentioned. Right. And he's an NBA All-Star, MVP candidate. So there's going to be some argument about that because, like, if you put an international players in, do they also get love for the NBA Hall of Fame? Well, see, that's what, and that's what I'm getting at in a sense because then you can kind of consider them for just one rather than both. So if you have a player where a lot of his accomplishments came in, you know, the Euro League or in a in a league outside of the NBA, International Basketball Hall of Fame, here you are. If you have a player who is more accomplished as an NBA player than they are as a college or international player, NBA Hall of Fame, here you are. Just like Hill, all of the guys for the Fab Five, if we had a collegiate basketball Hall of Fame, would probably be in, right? Pretty much. Now, like you, you're arguing in a sense. Like Chris Weber is the name that I'm thinking of. Will, which we'll also get to him a little bit later in the show. But from a basketball standpoint, if you're just looking at both what he did as an NBA player and as a collegiate player, he's going in the in the basketball Hall of Fame as it stands currently. Right. I personally think, though, if you separated them, he would be a college Hall of Famer and not an NBA Hall of Fame. But that might be that, a little bit of a, a that'll be the the argument because of the type of career that Chris Webber had. Because you got to remember when he's playing, his best basketball came at the beginning. You know when he's with the Warriors, and then when he uh, was with the Kings. Yeah, you know. Um, granted, it wasn't now you know, to uh, and not to cut you off, but to I guess slightly defend him too. He happened to be in the Western Conference where, you know, you're you're competing night in and night out with guys like KG and, and Tim Duncan. So, you know, to be in your prime at the time as all those guys, is, I mean, granted, you still, if you're one of the greats, you separate yourself, but at the same time, the the era didn't really do him any favors either. So No, it didn't at all. Yeah. Um, but I, that's in my mind, I think that's how you would have to separate the Hall of Fame just to, to truly get it right in the sense that all of your greatest players and greatest achievers within your sport should be in the Hall of Fame, not just guys who made a hell of a career, so to speak. It's going to be interesting uh, because what is that going to mean for WNBA players that that get into the Hall of Fame? Well, so you would have the professional, I guess, technically professional basketball, basketball Hall, Hall of Fame, Fame where you interweave NBA and WNBA. Yes, but, I, I would agree with that. But – it would I think I don't I don't think you would discount any WNBA players from from getting in. You would 
kind of almost be able to do the same type of thing where if you have ladies who were more accomplished overseas or hell like a Diana Taurasi, technically she could go in in all of the above, right? Like <laughs> she's just she's a Hall of Famer regardless, right? Because yeah, I mean exactly. she's arguably the best college player we've ever seen. Arguably the best WNBA player we've ever seen. And she's also went and got buckets in Russia in the years where she didn't want to play in the WNBA. Exactly. So, I mean, it's some of those players where it doesn't matter how you have to qualify it. They're going to be in regardless. But I think to make it so that, like, the example that I'm going to go to, and I by no means mean to shit on Mitch Richmond, but – Mitch Rich, Rich Richmond, in terms of just NBA accomplishments, I don't necessarily think is an NBA Hall of Famer. But you might consider him a Hall of Famer in terms of college or something along that line if you don't as an NBA player. I just I think when you do the Basketball Hall of Fame, we give a lot of credit for the totality of what people have achieved within the game, whereas a lot of what we're judging them on happens to end up being what they did as a pro. I don't know. There is um, – he has some accolades now. Let's, let's not act like that. Uh, no, I'm not – again, I don't want to say it like Mitch Richmond is a scrub. No. But I, I just want to say in terms of, like, some of what you would consider to be, like, Hall of Famers in – like – the, I'm trying to think of like the NFL version of like a Rich Richmond. Like, if somebody told you that Reggie Bush was going to be a pro football hall, I guess that's a bad one because of Reggie Bush. Mitch Richmond wasn't really Reggie Bush esque in college. <laughs> so I, I squashed that one right there. But it, but going with that though, if Reggie Bush was a pro football hall of fame, you probably say no. Nah. But collegiate hall of fame, he's first ballot. Absolutely. So it's kind of one of those situations, like I said, Mitch not necessarily being the exact doppelganger, but you get what I'm what I'm kind of. I know doing. you. I know you're trying to get at. It's yeah. like you're trying to find uh, an equivalent of sorts that would have something a similar career, maybe a six-time Pro Bowler, maybe as a champ at one point. Yeah, like you know, it, he's not necessarily of, like the guy you would instantly go to when you start reeling off Hall of Fame names, but at the same time, you got to give him his credit, right? So that's the way that they do it. Yeah, that that'd be interesting to see who would. Would match up with that, you know. Now that you mentioned it, I'm gonna probably be thinking of that the, the entire rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the time we do this. So, uh, you're just tuning in. This is the Price Check Podcast here on the In the Zone Network. Um, I guess now we can we can kind of move into the actual on the court basketball. Which, my God, we have storyline after storyline after storyline here going into what'll be the play in starting on I think Tuesday, right, May 18th. Um, in the East, you, I mean, let's be honest, let's be honest here. You know, we, we don't do the biases and stuff here on, on the price check, but if I had to just go ahead and throw one, one slight bias out there, I don't, I don't want to see the winner of the play-in not be the Washington Wizards in the East. I think that's the most fun outcome for all <laughs> of basketball, no matter how you slice it. If they're the seventh, the eighth, whatever. They would have to be the eighth. Well, they would have to be the eighth because they're the tenth. But just get Washington in. If we need to go get uh, – what's my man? Uh, uh, Tim Donahue, if we got to bring him back into, <laughs> you know, an NBA referee. Oh, he's been disgraced, Look, brother. Whatever we got to do to pull those strings. But the most fun outcome <laughs> for everybody involved is for the Washington Wizards to be the eighth seed. Mm. 
One, because, I mean, Russell Westbrook, what more do we have to say? Regardless of if you think he chases triple doubles, whatever, there's something that needs to be said about playing hard enough every night to guarantee yourself at least 10 points, at least 10 rebounds, and at least 10 assists. There's a a different type of motor you have to have to know that just you can – death taxes Russell Westbrook triple doubles (laughs) guaranteed. Guaranteed. (laughs) Triple double guarantee. You can stamp it. You can put Charles Barkley right here. Guaranteed. Yes. All of it. Not to mention, he and Brad Beal are going to go into the first round against what will be the 76ers if they're the AFC. They would believe that they're the best team in the series, even though nobody would think that. They those two guys believe we on the court, we the best out here. Mm-hmm. And I think if a team like Philly, who has real championship aspirations, if this is going to be the year where they win a ring, they need to see a team like that. They can't have it easy coming out of you know round one. Mm-hmm. They don't need the easy road out. Like a Hornets or a, uh, or a Pacers. Yeah, and, like, you they know. They need somebody to push them. They need somebody to push them because they need to start playing with that championship edge as early as possible. Because what Philly does not want is you mess around and the standings fall to where, you know, you get, let's say, the Hornets. Or even, you know, if you get the Wizards out of there in a the sweep. Okay, you got you riding high. Guess what? You probably got the Miami Heat waiting on you in the second round. Get past them, you got to see either Milwaukee or Brooklyn. It don't don't get easy for y'all. It will be interesting by far because uh, they're – so right now as we're sitting, we we probably won't, depending on what the Heat does. Yeah, the Heat played tonight against the Bucks. That's the only game that, you know, that's scheduled today that we haven't seen the outcome of or don't kind of have an idea of how it's going to play out. As we are sitting in the middle of this recording, the Knicks have moved from six to four. So in the first round, they would face the Atlanta Hawks right now. Now, we said before the show, it could be a great possibility. Yeah, that, <laughs> with real, the Bucks if they win, real good possibility. Move the Nets down to potentially three, and yeah. then you get the Nets and the Knicks. Yeah, see the all way New York series. So we we came into this wanting to also discuss the best possible outcomes in terms of matchups, not because of who we want to see advance, but just what's going to be most entertaining to watch in the first round. Right. If the Knicks can fall back down to six and Brooklyn can fall to three, hands down, Brooklyn versus the Knicks round one, that's fun. The only thing that makes that just even five to ten times better is if we could have a 100% capacity on Madison Square Garden and Barclays. Good God almighty. If we could have 100% of fans. Let them places shake. It. You know it's you know it's gonna get ridiculous. You got all of these Knicks lifers, which I I stand by the fact I know I have talked trash on the Knicks. I have made jokes at their fans on this here podcast. I'm here to tell you one, it's not gonna stop. But two, there that happens because there is a respect that I have for Knicks fans because there is no such thing as a fair weather Knicks fan. No, there's not. When. When have a when has a Knicks fan seen an eighty degree day? <laughs> when ninety four? 
Where? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Patrick Ewing lottery? Is what, that it? 99? 99? Okay. You might have seen two 80-degree days in your life. Yeah. The rest of them, 40 degrees, cloudy, no sun. It's probably going to rain. I guess outside of the, the championship they won in the 70s. What do you have to fall back on as a Knicks fan that's like, yeah, this is what's keeping me in it? <laughs> uh, man, I, the Knicks made me mad the other night against the Lakers. They really did. Like, they had them on the ropes, and they couldn't finish the job. But that that is part of being a growing team. I don't, I'm not going to hold that against them too much. Yeah, Tim's got and, them, though. And, again, I don't want that to sound like the Laker fan and me just saying, okay, give me an excuse for it. Nah, because the Lakers should have lost that game. So, just me being 100% honest and looking at the Knicks and how I've watched them this year, because, one, it's been fun to watch Julius Randle. I do have to give him that. Like, he put it on wax right now. He needs to be on a all-NBA team. Probably second or third, but he needs to be on an all-NBA team. And if somebody has a problem with that take, show me show me who you're putting over him at forward. Mm. Show or me. period. Just just show me show me the fifteen guys that you yes. think need to be on an all NBA team, not named Julius Randle. That's in the East or period. No, period. It's period. It's yeah, period. it's it's, it's cross conferences. So it, it, if you want to run it down, first team you're probably taking Jokic at center. Probably you can probably classify Luke as a guard or forward. They kind of do that weird, you know, maneuvering with the players or whatnot. So if I had to give an all NBA ballot, you'll probably put Curry. If you're classifying Luca as a guard, him, and then you have Giannis and shit, second forward. Hell, you might have to go Julius Randle first team. I'll put Embiid over that. But I can't put Embiid as a forward. He never plays power forward. Well, which is true. But unless unless you put Luca at forward and then you move like Dame or Chris Paul to your first team. Unless forward. you move Embiid to the second team because he didn't play a lot. I, you only get one center, so if we're going to give Jokic the MVP, I can't then put him on second team. Exactly. I got to put him on first team, then you put Embiid on second team and second team center. But Julius Randle, I think now, now that I'm talking through it, probably has to be second team, All-NBA. And it's probably going to win most improved also. Since since we're moving over, we're moving over to the West, Anthony Edwards he's probably not, got the rookie of the year. He's not rookie of the year. He's I will I will stand on that take. He's not rookie year. It's still Lamelo to me. Okay. If because, La, if Lamelo had finished the season hurt, I would give it to Anthony Edwards. But Anthony Edwards, while he has balled, he put up great numbers. His team still stings. We didn't. Nobody thought that the Hornets had a shot at being a playoff team, and up until Lamelo got hurt, they had a chance to be as high as the four seed. I can't I can't take that away from Melo just because he missed some time. Especially now that he's back. No, I gotta give him that. Mm-hmm. I gotta get that to him. Because they, they have a greater chance of getting to the playoffs more than the Timberwolves do. Yeah, the Timberwolves are out of it. They again, they stink. The Hornets, yeah, they're in the play in now, but they that's also after they've had LaMelo miss time, they've had uh Gordon Hayward miss time, and they've had Miles Bridges miss time. P.J. Washington has missed time. Like, they've had a bunch of injuries, yet they're still in the playoff mix. Meanwhile, Anthony Edwards is out there putting up some great numbers and the Timberwolves are out here losing by 20 and 30. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's very true. Uh, yeah. So, 
what in that time, what are we rewarding? We're just saying because he played all of the games? That he was the top rookie. You know what I mean? Oh, so I, I can't I can't do that. And, and I mean that's the thing that what solidifies the most valuable player award. You know, is like Well, so and talking through awards now, I had to come around on Jokic not because of the games played, but just, just simply because, <laughs> no matter what the Nuggets were supposed to have to take a step back because of, he was always getting them over the hump. Yep, always. It don't matter if they had what's my man name, Compazzo out there, Aaron Gordon, Jamichael Green, uh, PJ Doge, whoever. It doesn't matter. I, I'm getting ten assists. I'm going out here and getting you thirty. Nobody's going to be able to stop me. Now, granted, people are probably going to have second thoughts after the playoffs because depending on who they see in the playoffs, they're probably going to be out in the first and second round. Good God. This race for the West is it's, – It's terrifying for whoever. Like, Good God. So, like, Denver, people are probably going to think of it like, okay, you know, it was like the Steve Nash or like Giannis MVPs where I, I can't take nothing away. From I guess more so Giannis than Steve Nash, you could probably a little bit away from that. But Jokic, if he loses in the playoffs, it's still a regular season award, right? What he has done in the regular season is amazing, yep. and we can't we can't hate on that. Correct, correct. Now that, that, it sucks for them. The MVP race is gonna be crazy too. Well, the only other person who had a case was Embiid. Hmm. And again, Russ, much, didn't, Russ stock didn't go up. No. Okay. No. Love Russ to death, but they were never giving him MVP again after. Given that he had a triple double. After him averaging the triple double the first time, and then him being like the six seed and losing in the first round of the playoffs. Because we we have now turned the MVP award into who needs to be the best player that year. Or. More like, I guess, who is the best player on the best team. And the narrative is different a lot of times. So, Or if you remove the best player of that team, can they still sustain? Right. And so, like for Russ, the narrative that was on his side was KD leaving. And then it leads to that stupid stat wins above replacement. Yeah, we'll definitely that'll be all the. I just thought about that replacement talk. We'll. we'll I just thought about that. (laughs) To that dumb stat wins. And so you know, Russ. Hey, you know, he chose to stay, signed an extension, whatever. This is my team, and took off. They weren't a great team, but Russ and that performance that year was unlike something we had seen before. It now, granted. The next year he goes out and does the same thing. We're not as thrilled with it because we're like, okay, you did this last year and y'all lost. And so we then start to allow that playoff failure. Penalize them. We start allowing that to penalize players for having great regular seasons. (laughs) And while it's not fair, in some cases that's just what you got to do. Giannis is probably the extreme example of this because – that boy went out here and basically put up them same MVP numbers <laughs> again this year. His team is winning just like they have been in previous years, yet nobody cares. And to me, if we're going to go back and, and talk about things in the Eastern Conference, that's probably the team we need to look out for in making a championship run out the East. Because out of – out of those three teams in Philly, 
Brooklyn, and Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee has the easiest time matching up with the other two. Absolutely. Absolutely. Milwaukee has the easiest time matching up with the other two. Now, granted, we saw Milwaukee beat Brooklyn a couple weeks ago when Brooklyn didn't have Harden. But what we saw in that series was Brooklyn don't, or the two games that they played, Brooklyn doesn't have anybody at all that can guard Giannis. No. At all. No. So And Milwaukee has the most experience between the two the, the three teams. Now, if MB is going to play in the playoffs like he's played this regular season, we're looking at a different type of Philly team than what we've seen. Because I think their chances go through the roof if he's going to play like an MVP all playoffs long. And not to mention he the the same numbers are good God. Back to that thirty and thirty ordeal. Yeah. That we talked about with Giannis. That you're averaging 30 points in 30 minutes. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. And now you got you got Embiid out here doing it. Like, the efficiency for him this year is what I'm most impressed it's with. It's probably be one of the closest votes between big men that you'll see in a long time. Yeah. Like, for like Jokic and Embiid are definitely putting the, the livelihood of the NBA big men on their backs. Like you're gonna have to literally go for the fans to vote for this or something because I'm like, but no, I think I think Jokic is gonna win. I don't I don't even think it's gonna be particularly close because I think the media loves the idea of Jokic being the MVP. So he's more of a media darling. Is yeah. what you're getting at. Think about it. He's you know he's not necessarily the most outspoken player, but he's not a quiet guy either. Like they have access to him. He's fun guy to play with you know he's basically the point center like the media is eating this shit up they love all of this now where the media is going to go wrong is they're going to ride that narrative into the playoffs and again Denver's probably going to lose in the first round Mm -hmm. because even if they don't see the Lakers let's say the Lakers stay at seven and Portland stays at six Denver's in third I don't trust anybody that they have to throw at Dane for seven games Hell, Portland just beat them in the second round two years ago, didn't it? And that was with Jamal Murray. Right. So at at this point right now, even with that said, that you mentioned, uh, you still got the Suns at two and the Jazz at one, which we still already considering them pretenders at number one, the Jazz. Well, even even if you didn't want to consider what my my stance on the Jazz ballot before, they don't have Donovan Mitchell right now. Right. They said he's out for the remainder of the regular season, which the regular season stops tomorrow. Their first playoff game would probably be a week from today. Mm-hmm. If he can't play today, even if he does come back game one for the first round of the playoffs, he's going to need to knock that rust off. Absolutely. So no question about it. While while we have, you know, talked a lot in recent weeks about the Lakers and their injuries and how that has made a lot of people in the media and just a lot of people that are fans skeptical. All the Lakers guys are back today. Utah still has no Donovan Mitchell. Apparently DeAndre Aiden is hurt for the Suns. Denver is going into the playoffs without Jamal Murray. Kawhi is still dealing with some type of foot ailment, which, although it may not be serious, is still a foot in the NBA. Right. Right. Absolutely. Everybody ahead of them has an injury. hmm Except for Dallas, which, I mean, 
Kristaps Porzingis is a hard quarter away from an injury at this point. <laughs> Hey, Anthony Davis ain't far away either. But see, Anthony, Anthony Davis, Davis ain't I, far. Anthony Davis is just dramatic. Every time he falls, it seemed like yeah, he tore See, ACA. that's what made me mad about the Knicks game. That's what made me mad about the game against swear, the Knicks. I swear, I've never, as long as I've been a Laker fan, I have never rooted for a player on this team that in the same breath, every possession that they touch the ball, I am both like – definitively believing that they are going to score a bucket, but also definitively believing that I need to be nervous about them getting a season in the injury. That's how I feel watching Anthony Davis, because I feel like every jump shot landing, he going to come down with like some type of gimpy ankle or something like that. You six eleven dude. And And then like a stick. Well, then it turns out the end of these games, he just got some little nagging injury that ain't, you know, ain't nothing serious, but you know, something to, to keep in mind. I, it's just it's no, it's bad for my heart, my blood pressure, and all that. And I he's learning from LeBron about this flopping stuff. I mean, he is learning it and learning it very well. LeBron is all NBA sale artist. He's a sale. <laughs> he's gonna sell the hell out of car. If we if we had a first team for the salesman in the NBA, LeBron and Kyle Lowry are unanimous decisions. <laughs> LeBron and Kyle Lowry, unanimous decision for first team on that. Oh, wow. Because they sell calls. Even if, Le- even if LeBron actually does believe James that he's been James Harden fouled, does too. Yeah, but James, I think James is a little different. James is more of the, like, physical selling. He's not going – you know, LeBron is going to get in your face with the, like, the I can't believe it look. Kyle Lowry is going to do the same thing where it's like a kid who's like – Like he, Tim Duncan used to do? Yeah, like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, that's, that's how they're going to do that. James Harden, he's just going to end up on the floor and like, okay, I, I was fouled. Nah, bro, you, you fell. You fell. You tried to sell it, but it didn't work. Yeah, that's that's the fun thing about it. He No, he's not vocal. James is not vocal about it. But he'll let you know that I was fouled. Yeah. And that's the and that's the wild thing about him is that if you're going to call a foul for me too, dude, look, I'm, I'm out here. But I'm like, you get to the cup 19 freaking times a game anyway. Man, look. You find ways. They we got we got some floppers and some salesmen in, <laughs> in the league. We we'll leave it at that. But so so real quick though, I wanna I just wanna jump back jump back to the east. Okay. Quick. That's fine. If I if I could get my way, if the basketball guys are listening to the price check on this here fine Saturday that we have in front of us, I need Brooklyn to go to three. And you need the Knicks to fall to six. I need the Knicks to fall to six. And I need a second round that gives us Philly, Miami, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Yeah, then you got the top four. If if Fighting. we if we can get Philly, Miami, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, I think that is like that's too like heavyweight. It ain't quite like Ali Frazier, but it's it's close. But when the Knicks make the playoffs, you know, that's money. Well, so the Knicks make the playoffs is money, but at the same time, we're going to get more talk out of the Knicks losing than we are winning. I don't know. Think about it. <laughs> the, even even this Knicks – wow, that's crazy. Um, this Knicks thing – sorry, sorry, I had – I just got completely thrown off. I just saw that Albert Pujols signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
So that yeah, that just that just threw me for a loop. So whether you want to leave that in or take it out, I don't care. <laughs> but that just that just threw me for a loop right there. Um, but the Knicks, if they let's say they lose in the first round, whether it's Brooklyn, the Heat, the Hawks, whoever, if the Knicks lose in the first round, people are going to say, okay, hey, what's going to get the Knicks over the hump? Do they need a superstar? The next unhappy superstar that we hear about, do they want to go to the Knicks? Can that be the person that can get the Knicks over the hump? It's going to be like how we were talking ourselves and the LeBron as a free agent potentially going there, you know, some years back. Any time that you hear about a superstar wanting to be traded or a free agent that's leaving his current team, that's who it's going to be linked to for like the next two years. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're going to get plenty of talk out of the Knicks regardless. We don't need them in the second round. Not this year. We need... Philly, Miami, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. That's the most. That's the most fun for us as basketball fans, in my opinion. Okay. In round two, in the West, mm-hmm. don't matter how the seeds fall, don't matter what happens. I just would love, 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 love Steph Curry and the Warriors. <laughs> To hold on to this AC and play the jazz and play the jazz, good God Almighty! Because look, I I'll put it on wax right now. Okay, if Donovan Mitchell is not a hundred percent healthy, I'll take the Warriors in seven games over the Jazz. Okay, I'll take it. You want to know why? I saw one Kobe Bean Bryant go up three one on the Phoenix Suns. And probably should have won the series, but of course there was his own downhill play at the end of that series, plus him choosing not to shoot the ball in game seven that took them out of those last three. But I see Steph being able to replicate something similar to that. And I think if Steph goes up 3-1 on this Jazz team, this Jazz team is not that Phoenix Suns team. With Steve he putting put them out. Yeah, he putting them out. It's heads and beds. He it's over. He putting them out. Call the fire department because that's all y'all going to have to be able to to deal with Steph Curry. Yeah. Uh, heaven forbid there's no no barring injury, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't definitely don't want to see nobody hurt. But I'm saying if, if Donovan Mitchell, off, this current injury cannot be 100% himself, either to start or at some point during that series. Warriors in six. I'll take that. Warriors in six. Yeah, I'll take that. Because at that point, you're just asking Steph, I right, one of these first two games, I need you to win them in Utah. Okay. Because, I mean, love Jordan Clarkson, love Joe Ingles, love uh, my man Bogdanovich. Y'all not Steph. And you know what? The more I, the more I listen to it and watch and seeing what can translate with this play-in, the, let's say the Warriors do get the eighth seed. They will already have a two-game advantage on the Jazz. They revved up. They, they will have a two-game advantage. So, if I'm the Jazz, I would not take this series lightly. No. You better be on on alert because you're going to see what's going to happen if the Warriors remain that eighth seed. I, I need to see it. That's, again, I am, I am just asking the basketball guys for what is going to be most beneficial to us as fans. And I think Steph – Versus Utah round one is, but is would that. you be mad at John Morant making the playoffs? No, would love for Ja to make the playoffs. Would love for Memphis to do it just because one they got bounced out in the play in last year and, and played well. 
Um, and I, I, I just love watching Ja Hoop, man. Like that's, I think he would benefit, and Memphis honestly would benefit long term from that experience. Absolutely. Um, having Jaron Jackson back now, healthy, especially would benefit. They could probably push. Utah, I don't think it's a dead giveaway that they could beat Utah in the way that I'm putting it on Steph's back to do that. But I do think Memphis is dangerous in that series, again, especially if we're talking about not having Donovan Mitchell or having a limited Donovan Mitchell. Exactly. I don't um, think wrong with that. But if you're Utah, you're hoping that it's Memphis or San Antonio that's the AC and not Golden State. Hell, and, and not the Lakers for damn sure. <laughs> right, right. Because there's also that possibility that the Warriors, if it, as it stands, beats the Lakers in the first play-in game, they then move up to seven, and then you got to deal with the Lakers at eight if they win that Ooh, second. Ooh, not Phoenix in the Warriors, though. That would be fun, too. Now, Phoenix is going to win that series, but that would be fun. Because you got Steph Curry versus Chris Paul all over again. Yep. That that's fun to me at least. I don't know if the the rest of the, the no, basketball. I don't think it'd be fun, dude. But it's, it'd be it's completely one sided. If you would say Steph would get a game or two, yeah. I don't want that. I want to go seven. You know what I'm saying? Hell, hell, hell. Golden State, Utah might not go seven if uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you get Steph rolling as early as he might get rolling. So um, now the the Clippers who. Of course, we we get some our punching bags here on the price check. We get some we get some some good uh, cheap shots in on them from time to time. Um, they took an L last night, and I wouldn't typically talk about this L because you know they rested all their starters. It, it's a meaningless game in terms of them actually getting into the playoffs. You know, Houston's not getting in. Okay, cool. What is it going to boost? Not going to boost them. They can't get the second seed, right? What it can do though. It can take you out of the three seed. And in doing that, basically guaranteeing yourself that you don't have to see the Lakers in round one. <laughs> just just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. Or, or uh, yeah, you're right. It would. Because if I'm being, also if I'm being frankly honest, if I have a choice of seeing Dallas, Portland, or the Lakers in round one, I'm taking Dallas. And that's what the Clippers are doing. I would, yeah. I would make that choice also. It'd be interesting to see. So Dallas, so Denver holds the tiebreaker between the two teams. Denver holds the tiebreaker between themselves and the Clippers. Now, where it gets a little tricky though, Denver last game of the season is against Portland, so pretty tough game. The Clippers' last game of the season is against the Thunder, tanking team. Now, if they decide to continue with the the shenanigans and pull their starters again, then they might lose and guarantee themselves the four spot. But if they win and Denver doesn't, then they move back to three. Which means you get a date with Portland. Well, yeah. Potentially. Because, Potentially. Well, yeah, because Potentially. if in that same scenario, Portland would have beat Denver, which means Portland guarantees themselves the six seed. Right. So the Lakers did win today, so they still remain. They still are seven. seventh, but they are now back tied with Portland, which means if they win tomorrow and Portland loses, they move back. To Ain't nothing but a big-ass headache. That's all it is Yeah, now. the West is a, is a lot of moving parts, man. <laughs> I guess this is what they wanted, man. The, so only, like, the uh, only solid, solid, like, definitive teams that we have locked in are Utah and Phoenix in some way being one or two. That's all we got locked in so far. You don't even know about that. Right, because Phoenix could win tomorrow, and, and the Utah Jazz can lose, lose and because they arrest their starters. Yeah. Now, if you if you're Utah, 
are you are you uh you ducking stuff? You got to beat the if, if the Lakers remain. As, that means look, you want to do that? That means you want to go fall to number two and duck anybody that's seven or eight. Yeah, I so again, if you Utah, I just I think it's been a great season. Shout out to Quinn Snyder, who as, will not be coach of the he year. Will not be coach of the year. I got to say that on Wax Two. Love the job that he's done. This I'm gonna year. tell you he's gonna win. But go ahead. Monty Williams is my. That's my yeah, guy. I was gonna say Monty. That's my guy. <laughs> Monty just needs to go ahead. I'm sorry, Steve. You're not gonna get it, even though he's gonna be now, there for votes. Now, what I do have to give Steve Nash credit for is this: mm-hmm. for them to be the second best team in the East and basically like the fourth best record in the league, given that they have basically had a handful of games with all of those guys there. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a coaching job. He was gifted three superstars. I I get it. I get it. But we still give Steve Kerr his credit. Steve Nash or Kerr? We still give Steve Kerr his credit, and he walked into – Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and then also walked into big KD. difference. There's a big uh, difference. There's a difference with that. There's a difference. The only difference is Steph, Clay, and Draymond, they all came into the same organization. They were being built. However, with the with the Nets, they were being brought in, as in traded, free agency, that kind of stuff. They were drafted. The Warriors group was drafted. And it didn't work out with Mark Jackson, which really still pisses me off to this day. But that group was homegrown as in drafted and brought in. There was no trading. There was no free agency. They were being built already from within. But I can't I can't necessarily I can't necessarily hold that against Steve Nash because when he took the job, all he had was Irvin and Durant. Harden didn't start tripping in Houston until closer to the season starting. At the, but back it goes back to my original point. They were all being brought in. And that's fine. But at the same time, when Steve Kurt signed with the Warriors, Steph Clay and Draymond were at the peak of their powers. I don't I can't I can't give him credit for signing on what was homegrown and Steve Nash walking into what ended up being built through trades and free agency when effectively you got your best players when they were the best they were going to be. Like, it wasn't like he came in when Steph was a rookie and built them up to where they were. He came when Steph and Clay was ready to win rings. Here's the thing. Let's say Mark Jackson was still the coach. You still think they get a ring with that group? Maybe. I think. And, 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 but here's the thing. You didn't say yes. Right. Steve Kerr came in. You instantly said yes. Yeah. You get the point? You get yeah. the difference there? That's a maybe but with I, Jackson and then coaching. Well, so I guess let me say, let me take a step back. Hindsight is a little bit 2020 on this. I'm saying yes with Steve Kerr because that ended up being the difference. We didn't know Steve Kerr was the answer. We actually talked about Steve Kerr the same way we were talking about Steve Nash in some words. What qualifies him to be a head There's coach? There's a difference. There is a difference. Steve Kerr was an executive. Yeah, but all so you seeing hindsight twenty twenty out all, there on the floor. All GMs can't be head coaches though. That's true, but they have good basketball minds. This is true. That's but, the difference. But, so I think we also we as much as we talk about maybe Steve Nash not being as deserving of the MVPs, this this and that. At the end of the day, the man was the the 
key that turned the ignition for one of the best offenses we've ever seen in basketball history. Okay. You got to give him a little bit of credit to know at least let me put the pieces in the right place and see if they work. Like he he's not a dummy when it comes to basketball. It's just we didn't think he was the was ready for the job. Right. And it turns out he was. And I, I got to give him some credit. I guess we're looking at I guess we're going to look at Monty Williams as a sympathy pick. No, no. I think Monty Williams had the hardest job and he made the best of it. The Suns were not a playoff team last year. The Suns are the arguably the best team in the West in terms of standings right now. Before Chris Paul, we was already considering them seven or eight for the next season. We're talking about seven or eight, and he took them to be one of the two best teams in the West. Which is true. And that's what I'm saying. Even with Monty Williams getting that getting to that, I think he would still would have won it if they were a seven or eight yeah. seed. Well and without I, I Chris Paul, know. yes. I don't know. I I won't because I nobody would have considered them being in the playoffs. I but we considered that because of what they did in the bubble, and then you saw the future was coming between them. If if Monty only had them as like the seven or eight seed, I don't think it would just be a dead giveaway that he's coach of the year. I think he would definitely still be a candidate, but then you would have a Quinn Snyder who has a better case at that point. Because at at that point at. Where it stands right now, the differentiator for me between Quinn Snyder and Monty Williams and why I'm going with Monty, Monty had to not only take a team that was not very good last year and make them better, he also had to incorporate new parts. Quinn Snyder and the Jazz, they got the same team they didn't have the last couple years. Give or take a few, like, edge the rotation guys, it's the same team. So there should be some natural progression. They were like a four or five seed last year. They had a one seed this year. Okay, cool. Great job. The Suns were not a playoff team and were only in like striking distance of the playoffs last year because they went undefeated in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Monty did a hell of a job. You got That's his award. I can't, I can't go with nobody else. That's his award. Thibodeau, get some credit for me. Steve Nash, get some credit, credit for me. But that's Monty Williams' award. I don't. I, I'm hearing no other arguments. I promise. <laughs> I, I'm right there with yeah. you. Yeah, honestly, I I'm, think, I'm only saying that's, I think that's what, Monty Williams' award. I think what you're saying is they could have been worse, and he still could have gotten the award. I don't know if I would agree with that, but we both agreed that regardless of what else is going on in the league this year, he's got to be the winner. He's yeah, yeah. He's yes. got to be the winner. Um, so it just it sucks for Phoenix that they're probably gonna see. <laughs> Look, you're either way. You're gonna see LeBron or Dame in round one. That's amazing that it's that much of an impact. What's making the top two teams trying to figure out what they want to do? Granted, they'll say on wax. They'll say in front of the cameras. We don't care who we want to play. Yeah, that's a lie from hell. Like Chris, <laughs> Paul, Chris Paul said on TNT the other night. Um, you know, he's played his whole career in the West. You can't duck nobody, which he's right. But they don't want to see the Lakers. In that, round nobody one. does. Y'all Nobody don't want to. I wouldn't want to see Portland in round one. Not not with Damian Lillard being able to do what he's been doing down the stretch. No. No way. And I don't think CJ is going to be sitting there disappearing. And you know Carmelo ready to get back in the playoff fold. You know he's ready to get back in. Look, so, the again, most fun outcome for us, Steph at eight. I could I could kind of go both ways on if the Lakers stay at seven or if they go up to six. 
honestly, it's probably a more fun outcome if you get Lakers and Suns in round one and you get, like, Denver, Portland, Clippers, and Mavericks. Mm -hmm. Now, we all know (laughs) the the best and most controversial outcome to all of this is the Clippers somehow going back up to three and the Lakers going – up to six and getting Clippers Lakers around. That's that's almost too much fun. <laughs> that's almost too much fun. Hey, the potential is still there. It's still it can still, still shake there. out that way. It's still there. That's almost too much fun. That's it's now still there because Skip Bayless, who I of course had to rail on timeout. Yep. What if Dallas loses at five? Well, so the problem. With Dallas is, I think they have the tiebreaker over both the Lakers and Portland. Okay, well, never then never mind. Yeah, so I think they kind of in some way, weird way locked into five. Um, so no, they won a division. So yeah, so they won a division. So I think they locked into five. Okay. Now Skip Bayless, shut up, Skip. We talked about him on my appearance on the In the Zone show here couple weeks back I have to talk about him again today because he went on Twitter and he said that last night after mind you after the Clippers took out all of their top rotation guys and took a dive to the worst team in the league that the Clippers would love nothing more than to catch the Lakers in round one shut up Skip and that AD always diminished is the nickname that he gave him. Right, right. Said that you know they they would love to get them out in round one. Shut up, Skip. Now I need people to start considering the other side of this possibility. Okay. Because everybody's been you know it's been fun talking about the Lakers. Oh, they're gonna be in the play in. We don't even know if they're gonna actually make the playoffs. The you know they're not gonna be healthy. They're not gonna make a run. Okay, cool. But what happens? On the other side of this scenario where the Lakers and Clippers match up in round one and the Clippers are actually the team that loses. <laughs> it, does, what happens? Like, I just, I really want to start thinking about the ramifications of this because you you now have entered year two with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Yep. Not to mention, quick side note, Kawhi is a free agent after this year. Hasn't signed his extension yet. Paul George, who you just gave an extension to, probably if y'all lose in the first round, it's probably going to be a lot of that. That's Paul George's fault. Let's be honest. Yeah. What's the next move? I just want to hear it. I want to know. Somebody got it like, because <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can tell you exactly what happens now if the Lakers were to lose in the first round. Everybody's going to spend the summer talking about is LeBron at the finish line? What happens? What do they need to do to make sure that this is a team for the future? Everybody's going to be killing the chances of them ever being a title contender while LeBron is still playing for them, and they're going to have to make some miraculous move this offseason to get back on track, right? Yeah. What What's going to happen for the Clippers? That's all I want to know. Because I think some furniture is going to get moved one way or another. <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot of furniture and bodies moving, and – I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Cool. I just think it's going to be cool. a lot of furniture and bodies moving. I don't know which furniture and, and which bodies, but it's going to be some moving. I know one thing is for sure. 
I ain't got to hear Chris Webber's voice during the playoffs. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Look at God. Look at him. What are you doing? <laughs> We yes, That's so I should I should have led boy. with that before we got into anything playoffs. I should have led with that. The hey. playoffs are going to be much better because Chris Webber's voice will not be narrating it. Hey man, I said this and I'm going to say this here. If Kevin Harlan ain't the guy, is not number one A because you know usually there's a one A and a one B. Yes, because they'll flip flop them both. Now that Marv Albert is retiring. Best. Shout out to Marv. Shout out to Marv, man. You know, this is it for him. If he's not one, hey, I am muting all TNT broadcasts from yeah. this point on. Unless Gus Johnson get the gig or my man Spiro Ditas get it. Spiro Ditas is the man when it comes to basketball and they'll, calling basketball games. They'll probably do Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller. Is what I no. I think Give me Jim Jackson or Grant well, Hill. Yeah, so God, I, Grant, away. I like I like Grant Hill, like yeah. Jim Jackson. I just know Turner. They're probably going to do Kevin God, Harlan. And, and they think that's going to be be, and they think be best for business. I think that's what it's going to be. I don't I don't necessarily think that's the best move, but I think that is the move. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, I got to take the good with the bad then, right? Yeah. That's that's all I got to take the good with the bad. So, I got to hear Kevin Harlan, but then I got to hear Reggie drown him and, and, and ruin him. I mean, again. But, it, uh, but what it does, that means I only can listen to one telecast, and I, I can watch a telecast as well. One. At least one of them. Because remember, Weber was doing one, and then Miller was doing the other one. Yeah. I don't get that. Now, what will happen is – I don't know who that second team is going to be, but I feel like Grant Hill is probably going to be the one that's part of. Or we can get to Jim Jackson. Jim Jackson ain't no. No, slouch. again, not not discrediting Jim Jackson. I just think again, Turner's point of view. Grant Hill's been doing it a little bit longer. He's done college basketball as well. They'll probably give it to him. I think that, that that's just my opinion. Okay. I wouldn't again would not mind. I would actually be pretty excited about Jim Jackson getting an opportunity to do it based on the games I've seen him call so far. But I think they they'll, they'll keep him with Brian Anderson. Yeah, and I don't like Brian Anderson. Yeah, I'm good on Brian Anderson. <laughs> we probably go get a lot of Brian Anderson and Jim Jackson on them. Uh, Denver, Portland. Hey, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Spiro better do one of these playoff series, man. Like I'm not playing, dude. I want to hear his voice one good time on these on these telecasts because he is a really great broadcaster to me. Um, and then real quick, while we still on the topic of uh, playoffs and, and playing out in the West. A uh, real big uh, shout-out to David Griffin of the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Went on wax and said that the uh, the referees were not nice enough to Zion Williams, essentially. They didn't give him enough calls compared to other stars in the league. That is a surefire way to get your star injured, my friend. And get yourself fired. Hey, but David Griffin, you got to stop acting soft, baby. Come on, hey, now. but I will say this. Shout out to Teresa Weatherspoon, who's an assistant over in New Orleans. She is. Has really helped Zion out a lot. Yeah, a lot of a lot of point Zion that we saw towards the end of the season, which he wasn't doing a lot of that to start the year. And, and flowers to Swin Cash over there in New Orleans, too. Yep. She's a, I think she's a vice president of player development, I think. We'll double check the title, but I think yeah. it's something along that line. So, yeah, uh, but I, I had to get my, my jokes in on Zion real quick. Uh, before before the show wrapped up, so I said at the beginning of the show that I had a um, one time only secure the bag that was not so sorry. So Vice President of Basketball Operations and Team Development, Swing Cash. Shout out to you, another American hero. There you go. 
There we go. Now, we have a secure the bag today. First and probably only time this is a, this is going to happen on the price check. It is not a basketball-related secure the bag, nor is it a celebratory one. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Tebow is now back in the NFL, and he is back in the NFL securing a bag as a tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, to give y'all a holistic view of why we're talking about Mr. Tebow today, um, one, Tim Tebow essentially got put on by his homeboy, Urban Meyer, his former head coach at Florida, now the head coach in Jacksonville, probably just looking out for his guy and just giving him a job. Okay, cool. You know, I, I would probably give my homeboys jobs too if I was a head coach in the NFL, but not the point, I guess. Tim Tebow going and being a tight end in the National Football League, having never played tight end at any level in football. Also, having not played in the NFL, I believe, in the last nine years. Okay, so we have that established. Now, I want to take us back to, I believe, a year or two ago where Tim Tebow made some news because he did not believe that collegiate athletes should be paid. Reason for that was amateurs should be amateurs. He even used the example of I had the highest selling jersey in the nation right up there with Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, and I didn't think twice about it because I wanted to take pride and give back to my university and our fans. Tim Tebow, that shit sound good, but you're not, you're not fooling me, buddy. First of all, to sit here and say that your jersey was the highest selling jersey in the country and you not get upset about that after not seeing a dime, you're an idiot. You're idiotic. Idiotic. I'm sorry. It, it sounded like a bunch of baloney. <laughs> Look, it, I know you hate it. I know you and hate it. I baloney. don't stand for it. He doesn't stand for baloney. I know you hate it. You know, I do you know I do not like baloney. He doesn't stand for baloney. No forms. No forms of baloney. And that sounded like a bunch of... That, that did sound like baloney. I, look, sounded like baloney to me, too, and I'm glad somebody else is there caught that shit. I'm sorry. Was, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He said that he did not support college athletes being paid because amateurs basically should be amateurs and pros should be pros. Okay. That sounds great, Tim Tebow. Now, look at you, Mr. Pro, who was not great at being a pro, now coming back... And taking advantage of your relationship with your former coach to take a pro job from one of those amateurs that's been out here taking hits for free for four years. Privilege. Privilege. And and the worst part of it is Tim Tebow probably is going into this thinking, oh, I'm going to give it all I got. I'm going to be a hell of a tight end. Sir, no, you are not. You're 34. You've never played tight end in your life. You're, you weren't faster than anybody in the league when you were in the league nine years ago. That's not going to be the case now. What are you doing? What is this for? Who does this serve? Jacksonville Jaguars, how does this make y'all better as a football team? Outside of selling more tickets because he's a hometown He's a hometown the people, guy. the people that like Tim Tebow was going to be at Jacksonville Jaguars games anyway, whether he was on the roster yeah. or not. I'm, I'm pretty safe in that assumption, I feel like. 
So yes, I had to use secure the bag to address the bag that I felt like should not have been secured by Tim Tebow today. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. It's a bunch of bull, and like the living legend said, we can't stand for that. He doesn't stand for baloney. No, no, no. <laughs> we, we I, don't, I do not stand for baloney. <laughs> he doesn't stand for baloney. We cannot stand for baloney. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, baloney free edition <laughs> of the Price Check Podcast here on the In The Zone Network, Podomatic, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe to us all. <laughs> hey, this is a living legend, K-I-L-1-L and kill, but kill still kills. And I'm securing that bag on the price check on the In The Zone Network.